Free speech. What does that mean? How does it work? Why does it matter? And what does a group of quiet animals and a few power-hungry pigs have to do with it? Welcome to episode one of this podcast. This podcast, we're going to be discussing how free speech and change connect back to not only the novel Animal Farm, but also a letter its author wrote, and past and present events, to ultimately prove not only how free speech and change connect, but also how that ties back to George Orwell, he's the author of Animal Farm, George Orwell's purpose and message for his book. This episode, however, we're going to be discussing free speech, what it is, how it works, and also how it can be suppressed. If we want to learn what free speech means, it's probably best to go back to the First Amendment. The First Amendment addresses free speech related to lawmaking and to the government. If we take a look at the First Amendment, it states, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. But what does this mean? What really is free speech? First, going to the meaning of it, it implies that it's only the government that cannot punish people for utilizing their free speech. It's Congress that, quote, shall make no law doing so, not necessarily private companies or other people. It also demonstrates the importance of freedom of speech throughout history as well as today. The First Amendment was part of the original Bill of Rights, meaning free speech was considered important back when the original Bill of Rights was written and published, and still today as well. In order to fully understand what free speech is, we should take a look at what counts as free speech and what doesn't. Political speech, for example, the act of speaking up for, with, against, or about the government, is very commonly protected. It's a key part of preventing and overreaching or controlling government. The ability to speak up without being punished by the government is crucial there. There's also symbolic speech. Things like wearing an armband or carrying a sign in protest, which are also usually protected. And hate speech, which surprisingly is also generally protected. Overall, as long as something doesn't create imminent violent action, it tends to be protected in this free speech sort of mindset. But as soon as we get into things like fighting words, which are very likely to create such an action, they're no longer protected. Overall, a rule to use for what counts and what doesn't is the following. If something creates or is likely to create imminent violent action, it is not protected under the clause of free speech. You should also keep in mind that it's only the government that can't punish someone for utilizing their free speech. One can definitely face consequences from elsewhere, say, a teacher or a parent. But despite the effort to protect free speech and the exercise of such, as we've seen in the First Amendment and throughout this whole idea of the complexities of free speech, there's also something called suppression of free speech, which is exactly as it sounds, trying to prevent free speech from happening. Suppression of free speech is generally to keep control. It's when one tries to prevent free speech and the exercise of such from occurring. There are countless examples of this throughout history. In order to better understand the impact suppression of free speech can have, let's take a look at an, at an example. Say there's a law that the majority of the public doesn't agree with. They haven't yet gathered together completely, but people are starting to speak up. If there is a law protecting free speech, then the people could speak up and spread their opinions and gather in protests and create a change. 
But if the government can arrest people and suppress their free speech in that manner, they could prevent the opinions from spreading by controlling those who speak up and stopping others from doing the same. People would become scared to speak up or end up not speaking up as much and in turn change would be a lot less likely to happen. The point of protected free speech can be to, and is usually to prevent an overreaching government from existing. As long as people can't be punished for speaking up against the government, there can be change. With this example law that people don't agree with, as long as they can speak up without being arrested or punished, people can protest and cause change. Even through this quick example, we can see how suppression of free speech is also suppressing change, and it tugs at how free speech can bring change with it. Over this podcast, we'll discuss further in detail just how important and necessary free speech is for change. We'll look at it across various different moments, more specifically in Animal Farm, George Orwell's letters, and both past and current events, all in order to ultimately prove how free speech is crucial to change, and how that was George Orwell's purpose and message for his book, Animal Farm. Today, however, we learned a little bit more about how free speech works, and the technicalities behind it, including its suppression. Next episode, we'll dive into Animal Farm and its both power-hungry and meek characters, looking into this novel written as an allegory to the Russian Revolution, and really examining how free speech and its suppression, along with change, all come together to connect in this novel by George Orwell.